We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. Well, hey, everybody. We are exceptionally glad to have you here with us this weekend. And I want to start out by asking, just because I'm curious, how many ever discovered something, something good about yourself that just kind of changed the way that you looked at yourself? Maybe it was a time that you realized that, that you are good at math, or it could be that you were able to lead that you're able to put colors together, or you see how patterns all fall together that way. Could be that you can just make things taste really, really good, or that you have a gift for working with your hands. I was in my 20s when I came to this discovery that I actually had the ability to stand on stage and connect with people, (laughs) that I could stand on stage without passing out in front of people. Totally different thing for me. In my 30s, my 30s, I realized I had a spiritual gift. Now, mind you, I'd already gone to Bible college. I'd gone through seminary. I had been in full-time ministry for more than 10 years. I had no idea I had a spiritual gift from God. And when I came to that discovery, it marked me. It helped me to see others, to understand the world better, it allowed me to see myself a little bit better too. Remember time for you? Really kind of sets us up today for what I'm calling our identity prayer. And I want to invite you into this with me today. So if you would, join me. Heavenly Father, our ask this morning is that you would help us to discover more of who we are. That you'd help us to understand what is so true about ourselves individually and to identify those things that are actually false so that we can jettison those and it will not be this drag that it's been in our lives. I pray that you'll do this because it's in your heart for us and because we're asking it in the name of your son, Jesus. Everybody in agreement with this prayer said? Amen. Amen. If I were to give you a tag, and it just said these words, I am on it, and I told you you need to fill it in, but you couldn't use your name, what you would do is you would begin to think about who you are so you'd be able to put something on the line here. It would be going back to your identity, who you saw yourself that way. Now, when we talk about identity, what it is we're referring to, in fact, the definition for it is this. Identity is simply who you are. It is the way that you think about yourself. It's also the way that you're viewed by the world. It's those characteristics that define you. There is, I don't know of anything more important than us understanding our identity and what is so true about us because these things, who you are, the characteristics, these affect everything in our life. It's so important that we get this right. One of the things that we've learned about identity is that there's a lot of voices speaking into us, right? We've got the little voice in our head that speaks to us. We've got voices from all around us. We get social media that's coming at us in all these different ways. But in our series, we discovered that 
God actually says, I have true authority. I've got the true authority to be able to speak into your life, to be able to help you to know who it is that you really are. And as we've had these first two weeks in it, a couple things that God has said to us are these. He said, I want you to know this about you. On your tag, everyone should be able to put this, that I am a living soul. That is, I am made in the image of God. That is significant. He says, in addition, I want you to know if you are in Christ, if you've received Jesus as your Savior today, that you are a child of God. If you have ever struggled with self-worth, if you're wondering about, you know, what value do I have? When you see this and all the ramifications and ripples that flow from that, it is powerful. And there's something else. Now today that God says, I want you to know about yourself. It's, no, wait for it. Wait for it. God wants you to know, you ready? That I am a church member. He says this. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. We'll actually turn to this in a couple of minutes. That whole part about being a part of the body or the church, well, Jesus said this, that I'm the head of the church. It's my body. A different translation of 1 Corinthians 12 says this, that you are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. So when we see this tag that we could put on ourselves today, that I am a church member, I know some of you are just going like, Whoa. Like, I am going home and I'm changing my profile right now, right? I'm, I may even put this on my resume. Some that are here, you've been in, you know, in search of identity, maybe Gen Z, you know, millennial. You're thinking like, that's it. That's the missing piece that I've been looking for to my identity. Now, why? Why the tongue-in-cheek with this, right? If I were to just honestly ask you, how many of you, when you think about yourself and who you are, up at the top of the list, you look at yourself and your identity as a church member? How many, like, that's right up at the top of things? Yeah, this is a little risky, but let's go for it. Honestly, how how many would say that being an official church member is a big deal to you. How many, how many do that? Okay, just kind of you know, look around here. <laughs> this is church. I mean, looking around a Muskego campus and Waterford campus, you're watching us online. So you know, there's, there's a few hands that are out there, but in church we're going like, that isn't really that big a deal. So then why would God say that this is an identity mark that he wants us to understand. In fact, it's not just something in our identity, but it's something that he puts up at the front of our identity. And we've learned that what's at the front, like child of God, affects everything else that comes after. So child of God, we're going like, yes, church member, what? 
But it might be, maybe. Maybe because Jesus said this, that he has said, church? Well, that's the way that I am going to continue to do the, my work in the world. It could be because God said this, that the local church, it's my strategy for my ongoing work in the world, for accomplishing my will, for bringing forth my kingdom right now. It's my strategy for working in the lives of my children and working through my children. It's my strategy, actually, to be able to help my children and to be able to allow them to know me more and know me in a greater way. Really. I think for us to kind of wrap our heads around this, which I know God wants us to do, there's a couple of questions, and I'll call them didactic. In other words, they, they're leading questions. They're teaching questions, but they're questions nonetheless, and I want you just to think through them with me as we set this up, but then listen to what it is that God wants to say to each one of us individually today. One of the questions would be this. What did Jesus actually do in his earthly body? This is great. If you're in a group, you want to throw this question out. When Jesus was on earth, what did he do in and through his body? Some of the things on your list are going to be these. He gave hope through the things that he said. He, he gave healing. He shared healing with his touch. He blessed other people just by serving them. He showed grace and truth. He modeled it for them. He stood up for the helpless. He aided the poor. He was a comfort to those that were hurting. He shared the gospel of God, the good news about God with others. He built up believers. He equipped disciples. All of these things Jesus did in his body and all of the things that he wants to continue going on. In fact, the only thing that Jesus did in his body that he doesn't want his body to continue doing today is to take upon themselves the sin debt that they deserve. He said, I took that, I did that on the cross, it's the one thing I did in my body that I don't want anyone else to do. In fact, he said, it's a finished work. But the rest of it, he said, I want it to continue on. In fact, this is a bit of a brain twister, but which is better? Jesus beside you or the Holy Spirit inside you? If you could have went back and asked the apostles, those first followers of Jesus, hey, which was better? Was it when Jesus was beside you? Or was it when, in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit came and you had the Holy Spirit inside of you? You know what they'd say? They'd say, well, it's like Jesus said. We, when he said to us that there's going to be greater works that you do than what I have done we're thinking, there is no way, Jesus, that we're ever going to do greater things than you've done. But when this happened, all of a sudden we saw what you were doing just going like a wildfire throughout the world. In fact, that takes us right into the second question, which is this. And it's a question people are asking regular today. What good has or does the church do? And we're talking about the church of Jesus. We're not talking about religion, but what would you say to a person that would go, church, you know, like, what good is a church, right? Well, one of the things that you want to respond to them is this. The church has had a huge impact in the past as well as the present. In fact, no group in human history has contributed and advanced more the following things. First of all, education and science. 
anybody ever tells you. Christianity is anti-intellectual, it's anti-science, like nothing could be further from the truth. Christianity has done, the church has done more to advance healthcare in the world than any other organization. When it comes to human rights, by far, it is the church that is leading the way that way. You go on, we have the welfare and the protection of children. It's the church that has done that for centuries right now. Marriage, the church is what wants to continue to put that forth and wants to be able to fight for the family. Who else is doing it today, right? You've got this life change aspect that's going on. And you can take any number of areas, but think about just recovery. It's through the church that AA came about and so many other recovery programs from that. It goes into those that are hurting and it says, here's how you can get help. Here's what you can do to go beyond what you've been able to do yourself. Then we talk about giving and charity. The church, this is today, the church today, Study that was done in 2016, Georgetown University says this, religion, that was Brian's word for the church, the church annually contributes 1.2 trillion dollars, socioeconomic value to the US every single year. That's in. When you look at what's it doing in the world, the US government, most generous, I mean we as American, most generous society in the entire world gives $33 billion to help the poor overseas. But the church? 44. You know, that's people like you. They give $25 a month to support a child over in Africa, to give them food and education, and to build churches that are over there. And individuals, that's what the church is doing. What good does the church do? What good is the church done? You gotta be kidding me, right? But then there's eternity. The church is the mouthpiece for the gospel. These words, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The church continues to reach out to people, those that are looking to know God, those that without Jesus would perish in a Christless eternity. That's what the church is doing today. So Jesus in his body, here's what he did. The church and what it's been able to do and accomplish, somebody just goes like, what good is church? You're going like, we got to talk about this. But now what about us? What does God today want you, if you're a child of his, what does God want you to know about you today, your identity? Well, I want you to take your Bible now and go back to the passage that we had started with earlier, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you don't happen to have a Bible with you, grab one of the few Bibles, and you can turn over to page 1637. There's a couple of verses I want us to look at together here. If you don't own a Bible, we'd like to just take the opportunity right now to offer you the one that you've got in your hands as our gift to you. So feel free to do what I'm going to ask you to do, which is I want you to underline a verse here in just a moment, and then take a couple of notes in it as well. I also want you to put a bookmarker in here. This week, if you'll go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I guarantee you're going to get even more out of um, reading a chapter than what I'm able to share with you in the few minutes that we've got together here. 
Verse 27, if you got a pen or pencil, I want you to underline this. It says this, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Now, if we look a little bit deeper into this, I'm going to put it up on the screen right now. If you were to be able to read Greek, the original language that this was written in, it would read this way. This is the literal translation. Just a little variance, but I think even more clarity. It says this, you now, as in right now, child of God, you now are the body of Christ. And you all, the word you all, Malay, it's plural. In other words, you all, everyone in you all are parts individually. That term parts individually, or member, word member, part, just synonyms with each other, it's marus. It's singular. So it's saying this, now, you all, everyone are individual parts of the body of Christ. That said, there's some things that God now wants to say to you as you come to understand, well, what is he saying to me about that? Let's look at verse number one together. The first thing he wants you to understand is this. Everyone in here is gifted. Say gifted with me. Ready? Gifted. I am gifted. Verse 1 says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. Slide over verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's speaking to, it's to spiritual gifts. So if you've received Jesus, if you're a child of God, then God's saying this. First thing I want you to know about yourself is this, that I have gifted you. I've given you a unique gift. If I were to ask you today, how many here know what your spiritual gift is? In fact, I'll just ask you. How many here know what your spiritual gift is today? Can I just, you know, just lift your hand a little bit? Okay. There's some, some that are in here. Cool. For those of you who don't know what your spiritual gift is, here's the deal. You got one. You just don't know what it is yet. How do you find out? We'd encourage you, go to Growth Track. At Growth Track, one of the things it's designed to do is to help you to explore and discover this gift that God said that he has put in you that makes you you, and it makes you a unique part of the body as well. So just sign up for that or you know, come as soon as you possibly can for it. If you know what your spiritual gift is, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand for this, but I'd ask you this, are you using it? Because if you've been given a gift by God, but have just taken it and set it aside and not used it at all, I think you can figure out pretty quick, that's not a good thing, is it? So everybody here, if you're a child of God, you've been gifted. Next, say it with me, you are, say it. I am needed in the body. Look with me at verse number 21. It's a little bit of a comedy going on here. In the body, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Can you get the comedy going on here? You know, one part of the body arguing with the other, like, hey, I'm better than you are. I don't even need you in there. Because it goes on to say, you know, a hand without the eye, it can't see what it is that it's doing, pick it up, and so on. It goes that way. With our bodies, God said, you'll be able to understand this. You can understand me, in fact, more through your body. Our body's made up of 10 different systems. They're unique, 
but they're interdependent, right? You've got a circulatory system, you've got a respiratory system, you've got a skeletal system. They're unique, but boy, they sure need each other. And we're as healthy as our weakest system. But our body itself has about 10,000 different parts to it. Now, I kind of geek out on a little bit of this stuff, but I do it because if you want to discover God, I mean, you just want to figure out, is God, right? That's the question. Is God? Get a telescope or get a microscope. You can use a microscope, and the more that you look at the intricacies of ourself, you just go like, this didn't happen by chance. Get a telescope, you start looking up in the sky, and you go, not an accident. In fact, if you're interested a little bit more in God or these things of God, this coming Wednesday on the star side of things, we've got this workshop with Danny Faulkner. He's going to be in town. He's actually over at Concordia University, part of a, a creation research um, project that they're doing over there right now. But he's going to be here with us, 7 to 9. He's going to be talking about his the glory of God um, as seen through astronomy. And then we've got Retzler Planetarium that's setting up um, telescopes out in the parking lot. So weather permitting, 9 o'clock is going to be really cool. So you, your family, if you want to come to that or got a friend, just invite them out and discover a little bit more like that. But I want to go back to the body. 10,000 parts. How many of those in your body, of the 10,000 that you got, how many do you think are important? Just take a wild guess. About how many? Yeah, I'm going like, I go 10,000, right? Now, occasionally you hear people say something like this. Well, you know, you don't need out. You don't need all the parts, right? Like, what about your spleen? You can live without your spleen. My wife, just a year ago, through what she went through, she had to have her spleen removed. Now, the good news is this: she's still alive. I'm really glad about that. I'm married to a spleenless woman. And you go like, see, you don't need all your parts. But once you just did a little bit of research, and if you're here without a spleen, plug your ears, you probably don't want to hear this because you're thinking you're doing okay right now. But what she discovered was this. Some infections without a spleen will kill you in 24 hours now. A back, or, um, yeah, a bacterial infection. If you don't have a spleen, if you're not treated 24 hours later, you are dead. How many are glad you got a spleen in here? Yeah, like, I'm like, I want to hold on to mine. When it comes to the parts of the body, because each one in here is one. That's what God said about you. You're a part of the body. And if you go like, how many of you are needed in here? You can look around and go like, you, 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 yes, you, yep, you, you even you. You're gifted, you're needed, and get this. Say it with me, that I am called. Look at verse 18. Verse 18 says this. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. He's done this physically with us. He's done it spiritually with us. A body, body of Christ is a local church. He has you here for a reason. Gifted, needed, called to be a part of this. So knowing those things, Here's what I want you to ask yourself. If you were Jesus, you feel the power. Today, if you were Jesus, what would you say to you? What would you say to you about this matter of being a church member? Jesus knows this. 
I think we know it too. There's what's often referred to as the Pareto principle, you know, 20-80. It's very, very true in church. It's true in our church. The principle goes like this. 20% does 80%. 20% of the people does 80% of the work. 20% of the people gives 80% of the financial you know, resource, the funding for the mission right here. Now, if you're Jesus, what would you say to you? Why don't you just imagine with me for a moment? What if that changed? Just think about our church, Fox River, right now. What if 20% became 40%? So we just doubled. So 40% of the body became active and involved. Can you imagine? With everything that Fox River is able to do right now, can you imagine if that just doubled just like that because 20 went to 40? This past week, we had almost 500 kids that were out here the last couple of weeks through the XP programs. We had 200 volunteers. But if you could have been a part of it, more would have been able to do there. Just think of those extra touches of love and impacts that would be done on the children that was going on that way. If 20% of the funding right now went to 40%, the thing that holds us back so often. I mean, it's that funding. We work with what we got. But if 20 went to 40, can you imagine what God could do? But I want you to imagine this. Not from how the church benefits. Can you imagine being used by God, having been gifted, needed, called, if you could experience God working in you in ways that you're not right now, what would that be like? There's a 2% figure. 2% of individuals in Christian congregations will invite a friend who will ever share the gospel with them. Can you imagine if that changed? I had a friend who came up to me. It, it threw me off on Father's Day. He walked up to me and he said this, well, I've joined the 2%. And I'm just like, what does that mean? Right? And I'm like, like. And, and, but he went on really quickly, fortunately, and he said this. Hey, I want you to meet my neighbors. They're over there. See, we joined the 2%. We actually asked our neighbors to come out, and they came, and they're here for Father's Day. And it, you know, I'm like, I got it. Yeah, you're the 2%. And I started thinking, what if the 2% went to 4%? And we just doubled the amount of guests that were coming. But even more so, can you imagine this? If every single member of the body of Christ here at Fox River, if every single one would be busy about inviting somebody else to come, if everybody brought one, you talk about doubling, it would be more than doubling. We would be, again, we'd have this tiger by the tail of what's going on. But don't you see what it is that the potential is that's here? Which brings us back to that question. If you were Jesus, what would you say to you about your church and what you wanted done in it that way. The operational question, the applicational question, the activational question. I have it on the screen. And I want you to say it with me, but there's two different ways to say it. So the first way we're going to say it together is this way. We're going to ask, what can I do? You can even use your hands if you want. What can I do? All right, you say it with me. What can I do, right? Don't we ask that question all the time? Like, you know, who am I? 
I don't have anything to offer. I don't have anything to get. What can I do? But if you changed it, and you ask this question, what can I do? Ready? What can I do? That's the question Jesus wants us to be asking. Because when I start asking, what can I do? Here's what you're going to realize. There is something. There is something I can do. I can attend, and you know what? It makes a difference, and it always makes a difference. You can do that. I can invite. Every one of us can. We know somebody, and there's something that they're still missing in their life. We could give. I mean, you go like, I don't have much to give. I didn't say you did. I'm just going like, everybody could give what you could do, right? Makes all the difference in the world. I can help. Now, you may not know right now how I can help, but I must be able to do something to help, right? We heard in our announcements a little bit earlier today, Serve Week. I'm pretty jazzed about Serve Week, our first community impact. We're taking this whole week, and what we want to do is we just want to get out in our community. We talked about in Momentum, we have a, every year we want to do 10,000 unique touches of God's love. Show God's love, share the love of God with other people, just like we do overseas, we want to do here in our community as well. You could be a part of this. There's something for everybody. There's going into nursing homes and visiting. There's working with your hands and visiting. We've got two different blood drives. Everybody could at least sit in a chair and just give blood, right? I can tell you it won't kill you unless you sit there too long. We could all do that. My group, we've already determined. We're like, we're gonna, we, the night that we meet, we're going to go out there. So you can do it as a group. You can do it as a family. You can do it as an individual. But yeah, you can do. You can help. I mean, just grab your communication card anytime. Just put on there like, hey, I, you know, I just want to figure out what I can do. But when you put yourself in that place, all of a sudden you discover there's something good about There is something in me that God has me here that is coming alive. If we were to ask, if I'm inviting a person and they're looking at church, is church intended as a blessing or a burden? When Jesus said to you, you're part of my body, I've gifted you, I've called you, you're needed in it, you might be thinking, yeah, but I got a job, I'm busy, I got a family. Jesus is going like, oh, I never thought about that. So sorry. <laughs> if you get a free moment, you know, like, hey, we'd really appreciate you. Like, the early church, the church ever since, some have been under persecuted conditions. Some of the people literally were slaves. I mean, they worked seven days a week, and they're like, but I'm a part of the church. And that's what God said to them. It's always been true. Jesus' intention of making you a church member apart to make your life better, richer, fuller, to discover him, to know God for a richer, fuller eternity as well. I said, we're inviting somebody to come. I mean, they think about church like we used to think about church, right? Like, that's boring. What's the use? Until we start thinking these things. But one of the reasons we came may have been because there was something missing in us. We wanted to know God. 
Some of us came because we wanted our kids to know a little bit more because we didn't know answers to the questions that they were asking. Some of us came just because we were looking for community and we didn't have it in our lives. That's what's all around us today. We love bottom lines. I love bottom lines. I think you love bottom lines. Like, where do you bring, what's the bottom line? Jesus said the bottom line is this. He said that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. My church is going to continue going forth. God says, it's my strategy in the world today. I made you a part. I want you to understand that's, that's a part of who you are. Would you step into it? Because if you don't, there will be a part of you that is always unfulfilled and missing. You can do what you can do. Sometimes the old look at the young and say, well, it's up to you. The young look at the old and say, it's up to you. If you're in middle school, and if you're not dead, that's our caps, middle school, dead. If you're anywhere in between those, you can do your part. Our series is called, not I'm a church member, but so true, so false. Today, when you ask the question, my identity, I am a church member. I'm wearing it got it is it a big deal that is so true when people say it's no big deal that is so false and to understand that and step into it well all I can tell you is I want you to share the stories of God's working in your life as you do I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer just allowing us to say to Jesus, Jesus, I will do my part. I am a part and I will do my part. Maybe today, we talked about Jesus, we talked about the gospel, but it may be that you're not yet a child of God because you haven't yet received Jesus as your savior. And if you're not, being a member of the church doesn't get you to heaven. Being baptized doesn't get you to heaven. Putting your faith and trust with Jesus on the cross, his resurrection, It'll change you. And from there, God said, I've got even more to bless you with. And if you'd like to trust him today, I want to invite you to do so in this prayer as well. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, thank you that in your body, you started a good work that has blessed and changed the world. And it continues to when your body is engaged. We know it can go awry and things can go selfish and that's bad, but the good that you can still do is so magnanimous. For those that are here and they're ready to put their faith and trust in you today, Jesus, to pray, I need your forgiveness and what you did for me, and I fully accept you today, Jesus, the Son of God, the risen one. If that's your prayer, can I just ask you, would you just lift the hand and say, Guy, I have never trusted Jesus before, but I would like to today. Just raise it, hold it up, yeah, just for a minute. Take, sometimes it takes me just a second to see them. Cool, thank you. Thank you for your saving grace in these people's lives today, Lord. And for every one of us that are child of yours, may we step into a part of our identity that maybe has been on the back burner, but you said is going to affect so much of us for good. I look forward to what you're going to do, Father. 
praying this in the name of Jesus. And everybody in agreement with me, with me said? Here in Waukesha, on our campuses, Muskego, Waterford, even online, for those that have just received Jesus today, we are so, so happy. And as a church, can we just celebrate with them and say, welcome to the family of God, guys. So good. God bless you. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.